Hey there, before we get started, I always forget to say this. Would you please go and take a moment and rate and review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcast. It's super helpful, it helps people find the show, and it also gives me good feedback on how I can be making the show better, or how I can continue to be awesome. That was uncomfortable for me to say. Okay, thanks for doing that. All right, now we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. We, we hope, hope you enjoy, enjoy the show. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Eve and Lucy, and thank you for being here on another edition of Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Koffeltz. That's me, I'm Eddie. Wouldn't it be weird if I wasn't? Anyhow, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, if you are new to the show, just by way of kind of quick orientation, this show uh, starts as a newsletter, a newsletter that I just finished writing. And every week I spend some time considering something. Sometimes it's kind of memoir-ish. Sometimes it's something that's happening in the world or current events. Sometimes it's just real random. Uh, but either way, uh, I kind of start by sending out this newsletter. And thank you for those of you who are reading the newsletter. I love uh, that you have come on that journey with me. But then I take that newsletter and turn it into a podcast. And so here we are. So the first part of the show is that I kind of read the newsletter to you. And then the second part of the show here is what I've come to call the free skate. That is a time that kind of do whatever I want. And today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the section uh, called You Do You, where guests share the pro projects that they're working on so we get to hear from someone. This is probably a good time now that I have stumbled over a word to tell you that this show is live. So you're going to hear little stumbles uh, from time to time. But the show is very intentionally live because I think that it is important for us to kind of pull down this veil together and for me to be as honest and transparent with you as I possibly can be. So I just finished writing and then I ran over to the computer and I jammed record and here we are. So I uh, look forward to uh, kind of sharing with you good, bad, ugly, otherwise. Also, and this can be my only pitch for this, but if you have not subscribed to the newsletter, the best thing you can do to support the podcast, to support me at all, would be to sub subscribe to the newsletter. So that is at eddiecoffoltz.com. The link is in the show notes. With no further ado, let me read to you from this week's newsletter. Issue 25. Midlife Awareness. So, just so you know, today I'm breaking my typical form a bit. I kept thinking about this topic in vignettes that sort of weren't connected but were, so I wrote it in vignettes. So they're all thoughts on a theme that I hope speak individually and collectively. Here's the first vignette. In the months before our children came home, we got a lot of advice, and honestly most of it was great, but very few pieces of advice have withstood the test of time like what my friend Eddie shared. Note, I haven't switched to some weird third-person storytelling here. I'm Eddie. My friend's name is Eddie. You get it. Anyhow, Eddie, kind of out of nowhere, shared, he said, you'll never be more aware of the passage of time than you are as a parent. And my God, was he right. When we were bum deep in cloth diapers, which aren't as hard as you think to manage, yet simultaneously infinitely worse than you could ever imagine, I, I just wanted those kids to be out of that diaper phase. I mentioned this to Brienne, to whom I am wed, and she was equally entrenched in this diaper purgatory with me. And she both empathized with what I shared, but reminded me that someday we'll miss these diapers. And of course, she couldn't have been more accurate. Every time I see a baby, I long to hold them for just a minute to go back to those days. 
my friend Eddie was dead on. Time is a stretchy, malleable concept that is equally linear and folded into itself. The young woman who I just had a deep adult conversation with over a game of Uno was giggling on her changing table as I made raspberries on her stomach. And this was like yesterday, but it was a decade ago. Here's the second vignette. Last week, I walked my kids to school. Typically, they roll solo, but today I asked if they wouldn't mind company, and we all headed out together. As we were moving along, I experienced an emotion that I couldn't quite place. It wasn't negative, it wasn't concerning, but it also wasn't happy or joyful. It was almost nostalgic, wistful, aware of something. And then I knew what it was. I was feeling the movement of time. You see, I'm months away from not being able to walk my daughters to school like this anymore. Middle school, buses, and their maturity will make this opportunity for connection a memory from childhood. And it should be this way. The kids are almost done being kids. The slow walk into independence is happening, which is a good thing and a right thing. But I'm probably less prepared for it than they are. Our stroll didn't include profound moments of connection between us where I spilled my Zoloft-ridden feelings about life and growing up and independence and love. It wasn't like that. It was just regular chit-chat about the upcoming school day, what the cat did this morning, the schedule. I think one of the kids even skipped ahead and walked alone as her hands surfed the top of the shrubs. But these are the moments. It's the day-to-day, the seemingly mundane, that seem to slip and deeply etch themselves into the core memories. The signs that our family is growing are everywhere, or growing up are everywhere. I'm not afraid, and in some senses, I can't wait for what's ahead. But my goodness, I'm going to miss walking them to school, giving them a goodbye hug at the corner, and standing there for an extra beat, knowing that they'll turn around, give a final smile, and a wave goodbye. And here's the third vignette. I recently turned 43, which I'm aware feels quite old to some and like a baby to others. Sure, it's relative. Yet this 43-year-old has been launched into what I'm terming a soft midlife awareness. Not midlife crisis, as I'm not freaking out and buying a yellow Miata. But I am softly slipping into some interesting thought patterns about what I've done so far, what I want to do, what my worth is, and who I am in the midst of all of it. Among all the things that I am midlife obsessing over uh, is aviation. That's right, (laughs) flying a damn plane. I know how much a pilot's license will cost, a lot, where I'll get it, Potomac Airfield, how long it will take, a while, what kind of plane I'll train in, probably a Piper Cherokee 180, you know, who knows, and the like. The Facebook algorithm has picked up on this and is feeding the beast. I watch a junk ton of videos of pilots checking their planes, fixing their planes, taking off in those planes, flying them, and, wait for it, landing them. I watch videos of them talking about what kind of sunglasses is best for aviation. Spoiler, aviators. You get it. Oh, and one more. I downloaded an app where you can listen to any airport control tower. It's on all day while I work. Okay? Now you get it. Conversely, my midlife awareness has grounded me in some ways primarily in considerations about my childhood. I've considered how much of the first two decades shaped the next two decades that followed. I've gone through this doing the best we can project and seen just how many times I've mentioned my parents, the earlier things that were hard, beliefs about me that still fester and wound. 
And in that examination, I felt a bit dejected that even all these years out, and even with all this adulthood and counseling under my belt, the work that needs to be done on the fabled and Jungian inner child is still very much in progress. I'm halfway through my life, if I'm lucky. But the rubber band of time that is both stretchy and malleable also snaps back in a moment and reminds me that the instincts of the boy are present in the man. This isn't always a bad thing, and it's probably the boy who just realized that flying a plane would kick ass, and that kid is right. It will be awesome. But that boy also needs to be tended to, and ultimately, left in the past where he belongs. I really wonder if this work will ever be done. And a final quote from Eckhart Tolle. Time isn't precious at all, because it is an illusion. What you perceive as precious is not time, but the one point that is out of time, the now. That is precious indeed. The more you are focused on time, past and future, the more you miss the now, the most precious thing there is. Okay, well, thanks for considering that with me. I wonder what you'll think of the vignettes. I wonder what you think of the Eckhart Tolle quote. Appreciate you listening. Okay, on to the free skate. Uh, we're just going to pick up the phone and call. All right, let's do it. Hello? Hey, what's up? It's Eddie. Hello, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So on the phone is... Uh, a friend who messaged us from, uh, I guess, from the like the website, Vicky. Oh, do I, is it okay to say your last name? We'll just go Vicky. Yes. Hello, Vicky. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah. Cool. I'm good, Eddie. Thank you. Good. It's really nice to meet you. Um, so you sent a message about the Share My Project. And the project that you are working on that we talk about over in the newsletter uh, is with you and your husband, which, by the way, your husband is also available by, by phone, but I couldn't figure out how to call two people. So basically, I was like, uh, pick one of you. Um, so John is just listening to this. Hi, John. Um, but the two of you have a really important project called Ashes to Rubies. Um, would you mind telling me a little bit about what y'all are doing? Yeah, sure. Um, John and I are sharing our recovery and our hope with, I don't know, whoever listens, whoever comes across it. And uh, we started it as, started a bit of a morning reading together and then chatting about it. And so that goes out live, um, sometimes against my wishes, on YouTube and Facebook. And thanks to Anchor on a podcast. So, yeah, it's been really fun. Oh, I didn't know you broadcasted it live, vi- vi- like via video. You So you do that as well? We do, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is a yeah. lot of pressure. I mean, like, honestly, I'm recording a podcast right now. <laughs> I just came inside from mowing the yard, but no one needs to know that. Everybody can just think that maybe I'm in business casual or something. But you, like, have to – you guys, like, do it every morning. So at this point, I mean, you're 500-plus <laughs> episodes in – what what's the situation around like the level of pajamas that we're comfortable with at 500 episodes <laughs> um so i would say i am much better now at rolling with it we have a i mean we've been together a long time so we have a little bit of a dynamic that happens sometimes that you know you wish you could go back and edit i always wish i could go back and edit john is much more of a pro 
but I I don't hide my facial expressions really well. I can get, you know, I haven't always had my coffee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been interesting. Yeah, but I will uh, say, I think, I think. You just kind of roll with it. Yeah, I, I think your honesty really is professional, though, right? Like, because the nature of this is uh, kind of letting people inside of it's not an it's not like an AA meeting but it's not not that right there is some sort of like consistent touch point like how, how have you all kind of used the um model of like the anonymous groups like OA AA NA all of those to kind of inform mm-hmm. this project mm-hmm. so our lives and our recovery we are not anonymous yeah um and really we we believe uh that you know it's really um, it's really actually we've seen that it's just so beneficial um, for us. It's not about us. It's really about God mm. and what God's done in our lives. And so we're willing to put ourselves out there. It's not everybody's job or role or, you know, not everybody needs to do that. But for us, we just kind of, that's really how we felt. So we're kind of 16 years into recovery now. Mm. We spent a lot of time in the rooms of AA, have done several other different forms of recovery groups and so now we actually really Ashes Reviews was to develop community and to form community so both in our city where we live in person but then also we realized during uh, those couple terrible years that uh, there really needed to be more community online and so that that's where that came from. Yeah that's what hit me when you sent sent in the project I was like wow there's you're really demystifying this kind of process of what it means to not be anonymous, right? Like there is a point to the anonymous aspect of these groups, but there is also mm-hmm. a great service mm-hmm. that you all are doing in your mutual desire to remove that anonymity and let people into your process. Because some of the mornings are like the morning I just listened to was just like basically like joking around, funny, everybody's happy. And then you did a reading and then you were out, right? And some mornings are quite quieter and more intense like you're you're there like the commitment to show up is interesting um and and very mm-hmm. brave what what have you heard back because you said you're there in in it to foster community what have you heard back from folks mm-hmm. yeah so we you know often or not often i should say but well often i want to quit mm-hmm. and then somebody will you know message us and just say thank you so much um mm-hmm. and this really you know, has given me the courage to kind of go check this out or go check that out. And, you know, John being an alcoholic, I'm not an alcoholic, but I knew that I needed something and I really couldn't put my finger on what it was. Um, But if you live with an alcoholic for a really long time, the odds are that something's going on there. Hmm. So for me, I have heard from lots of other people like me where maybe we've gone to the the family groups or we've gone to the codependent groups or these different things and it just didn't it didn't resonate so I talked to a lot of people for myself who are trying to figure out like I feel like I could use this program but I don't really understand how it how it applies yeah and, and we really uh try to flush that out together and we actually have a course that we invite people into and um offer that for free and just yeah yeah so that's what i was going to ask because you're you're i know you you don't you're not here to pitch but i want you to pitch because this is important so tell me the, <laughs> tell me the ways in which people can um like the ways in which people can 
connect with you all. So I will, I will say ashes to rubies.com is in the show notes. Sometimes I forget to put things in the show notes, but it's going to be in the show notes and it's also in the newsletter. Um, so ashes to rubies.com, but like, okay, so people go to the website. What are the ways that they can both support your work and connect with the work? So the podcast, and you had mentioned the free, the free course, um, tell what, what else? Yeah. Yeah. That's just so they, I mean, I'm blushing, but yeah, they could support our work. We have some merchandise. We make shirts. So we like, we have noticed in the recovery community, people, people want to share their recovery lots of times. And so we have merch um, and just, you know, hope is famous is one of our taglines and uh, straight out of rehab. People love our straight out of rehab shirts. One lady looked at my husband one day in his door and said, you you didn't go to rehab. (laughs) But, um, the course is available under um, our Life Labs course is available on the website too and we have a free code so if people message us uh, there's a button they can message and we'll give them a free for the course and they can walk through it with someone if they want to or reach out to us um, and we, we will meet with people um, who want to we're available it's, it's peer-to-peer that's so awesome it's uh, it's fun. Or, in, you know, in the church world, we would call that disciples making disciples. Yeah. Is that is this available also in the States? Because I know you're in Canada. Is this available stateside? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We actually have, we it's, we had people sign up. We've had people go through the course all over the world now, which, you know, it's, wow. I think we have, a, you know, we're still in the hundreds of subscribers, below hundreds. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, every once in a while we see somebody, I'm, talked to someone in australia or um in um where was he? oh john met with a guy who was in india like for a really long time that was really wow. interesting I think it speaks to the need. The time change made it a yeah. challenge. But. Yeah, no kidding, like, what, eight hours later? I'm sorry, I was. that was going to be the last question, yeah. but now you mentioned it. What was the first shirt you said that had the slogan in it? Not the straight out of rehab, but the first one? Hope is famous. Yeah, what's that mean? Yeah, we really think that hope, without hope, you you don't really have much of anything. And so hope it, for us, you know, we know where our hope comes from. And so it, it asks, it kind of, the goal is encouraging people to ask questions and where does your hope come from? And if you don't know or you don't have hope, then maybe start asking the question and uh, and more will be revealed. Vicki and John, that's awesome. Please, go looking. please do thank John for me um, and tell him I'm sorry again that I don't have the technology by which to connect two phones. Um, but I really appreciate you doing this and I really appreciate the work that you're doing with Ashes to Rubies. I hope that uh, folks listening to this will go over there and subscribe and just let it kind of be part of your daily meditation diet thought process. Um, you're awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, Vicki. You are so kind, Eddie. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to close out the show. You okay just staying on for a second? Yeah. Okay. I'll try not to mess it up. Okay. Well, my deepest thanks uh, to Vicki and John more than anything for Ashes to Rubies. One more time. That's ashes to rubies.com. I will put it in the show notes. Uh, their Instagram is there as well. Make sure you go. And she blushed about it, but you don't go buy a shirt, go buy a sweatshirt, right? Go support this good work. It's important. Subscribe to the podcast over there uh, and do their work. Of course, I have a newsletter. You know all about that. We've already talked about that. This is about Ashes to Rubies right now. As always, my deepest thanks to Uncle Jimmy for editing today's newsletter. You can uh, get Uncle Jimmy to edit for you. He's a very good editor. 
His link is available as well in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you next week. A lot of fun stuff happening over here on Doing the Best We Can. I'm already hard at work on next week. It means a lot to me that you were here today and that we got to share these moments together. And I look forward to seeing you next week on Doing the Best We Can.